You are listening to Salty Believer Unscripted. This is Salty Believer Unscripted. I'm Josiah Walker. I'm Brian Catherman. And today we're continuing in our series, kind of talking through the landmines of systematic theology. And we've talked about before how we're loosely using Wayne Grudem's book, 20 Basics Every Christian Should Know on Christian Beliefs. Which I think of the book is actually called Christian Beliefs. Christian Beliefs. Colon, 20 Basics Every Christian mm. Should Know. But the way they do it on the book, it's good. I didn't see a colon on the cover. He's got so none of that. Go. No, he put that above the stuff. Anyway, I think that's the actual Anywho, title. now that the train's officially derailed 30 seconds in, we're going to talk about Woo-hoo. kind of the landmines in Calvinism or Reformed theology, all those big buzzwords like justification, adoption, sanctification, perseverance, all that jazz. There's no landmines in this area. Nope. There's... It's There's clear, none. concise, biblical. The, the church really just agrees on all these things. Yeah. There's no debate here. So thank you for listening. So, <laughs> so that concludes the <laughs> podcast. So really what we're talking about basically is how... How you become Cal- a Christian. How, okay, okay. But right? like Calvinism, Arminianism. Yeah. Right? So really the how you become a Christian would be like the order of salvation. Sure. Um, and, and everybody believes there's an order. And I think the difference is what the order is. Right. Right, I think that's probably the safest way to do it. I mean, I think. Yeah, I mean, uh, so like regeneration? Yeah, so w- the, the question is, where do the things start? Right. So, are you elected? Oh, uh, and there's more to that. Let's go with. Let's just go through the tulip thing, right? Sure. Everyone's like, ah! I mean, we're not teaching people. on this subject. No. But it is. So, okay, so I, what I mean is, like, let's just use that as our order. So, sure. Um, total depravity. Right. Okay, what does that mean? Does that mean the man is totally depraved more than he could possibly, you know, he's all evil at all costs and he's the most evil he could be? I would say no, I don't think man is the most evil he could be because right. God has held back some of that evil. Sure. But he he lacks the ability to save himself. So he's totally right. dead. Right. He's totally incapable of his own salvation. That's really what that means. Which I think we can all agree on. I mean, we all see the verses that say... We've all been dead in our trespasses. We say that, and you say we could all agree on it, but that's the—I mean, that's that's the landmines. People go, right. "No, I was born, but then when I sin, yeah. and blah blah blah." And or I'm a good person. We got lots of that, right? So, mm-hmm. um, and so the question that so that's a huge part of this. But then when we get into some of the order and things, right. um, unconditional election, uh, which would be—I mean, everybody believes in election. Does does God elect groups? Does He elect? people right. does he elect on conditions or does he right. elect on no conditions did he look through the corridor of time and know that i would accept him which would know? be a condition so that right. meant there was a time when god didn't know something so i don't hold to that view but some do that's a landmine issue right and sure I, I don't think we're here to talk about how, we're not here to argue the, no for or against the landmines we're just identifying them right, right. yeah so there's that one um and then yeah. where do we leave off and then uh limited okay atonement. Yeah, which so, we've talked about before that and election. Okay, and so you're some of the landmines there. Yeah, so your hot topic on limited atonement. Let's hear it again. Well, I just I hate when people say you know I'm a four point Calvinist. I can't get behind limited atonement. And I just tell everybody we all believe in limited atonement. You either believe it's limited in its effect and it doesn't save everyone, or it's limited in its extent. You yeah. Know? So, so it either yeah. saves some of the people 100% of the way or everybody half the way, you know, and you have to decide. But one way or another, we all kind of believe that it's limited. And I think what you just said is interesting. You have to decide what the Bible says. Right. Not you have to decide what you want it to be. Because there's a lot of things that would want to be different, but the Bible says these things in a Absolutely. way that... So what really what we're getting out of these landmines is how do we interpret the Bible? Correct. Um, and so where do we just leave off? That was limited atonement. Uh, I... 
Irresistible Grace? Where did we yeah. miss that one? Yeah. <laughs> it's so great no one would turn away from it, right. like when you are saved. Uh, I don't even know. Anyway, so in this whole thing. And then just perseverance of the saints. You know, one oh, of the right, things right, 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 we were right. talking today about is sanctification. And I had to explain to our youth group on Sunday what sanctification is because we were reading in John where Jesus is praying, Lord, help the disciples, help my believers be sanctified. As, as I'm sanctified. Which I think there's more to it than just that. I think you are being sanctified while you're persevering, but I think mm-hmm. there's more to it. And the best way I've heard it explained, not that we're teaching on it, but what the landmines yeah. are, this is really the once saved, always saved yeah. issue. But the, So the, the way I heard it explained is if Jesus truly saved you, then his reputation is on the line right. if you don't end up in heaven. Right. So therefore, he will persevere you if you're truly saved. And that's really where the the debate lies and there's some that believe you can lose your salvation and some you know so when we say hey when this person walked away from the faith well they didn't ever have the faith in the first place is one view sure. the other view is they walked away and you can have it and not have it and so the question just comes back to how do we read the bible and and then those are just the sure. landmines and a huge i mean i remember teaching a class not that long ago and somebody had said i just don't know if i can really get behind all this because that would mean i wouldn't get to make my choices right or that would mean i don't have and you're like wait a second you see the ramifications of what it means the question is what does the bible say and then are you going to get behind those ramifications whatever view you hold to you need to use the bible you know like are you step on a landmine it'll blow up and you have no defense i think that's been the hardest most difficult thing for me is as i've been reading my bible and actually started reading my bible i really struggled with what i wanted and what i thought it said versus what it actually oh yeah like what so so okay this isn't even this is off topic rabbit trail i was talking with a brother recently we were talking about fasting Right, and so I actually thought I'm gonna just gonna do a study on fasting because kind of his approach was like that's not one of my spiritual gifts. I fast in order to compel God to get things. So if we need this thing with the church, or if this person needs to get saved, or this, I'm gonna fast. And so I'm like, I want to look at all the places in the Bible where we see fasting. Sure, Old Testament, New, and the greater majority of all of them, all of them is repentance because yeah. there was sin, or mourning in the Old Testament because there was death. Now there is a there is an occasion where Esther uh, says, hey, she calls a fast because she's going to go into the king. But then she says, if I die, I die. So it's almost like they're mourning because if she doesn't do it, they're all going to get wiped out too. So there's a there's kind of a tie to that. And then, and then Ezra calls a fast. But then he says, because I was ashamed, I didn't ask the king for, for protection. So it's almost like there's sort of a humility, humble thing. And then people say, well, what about Jesus when he fasted for 40 days? Well, I don't think he was fasting so God would give him stuff. I think he was fasting so he'd be humbled, so he would really embrace his humanity, and he was hungry, and he'd face those temptations the way he did. And then, of course, Satan uses bread because he's hungry. Anyway, you just don't see that fasting is the mechanism to make your prayers answered better. Humility is, and repentance is, and fasting is a way to realize that we're weak, Right, and God is big. And then someone goes, what about Matthew 17, 21, I think? Or, uh, there's a, I think it's 17, 21. It says, basically, these these demons can only come out with prayer and fasting. Sure. Yeah. Okay, the greater majority of all Which the is trans- a hotly debated verse, It right? shouldn't be. No, it shouldn't because be. Because it's not in certain translations. It's not in most of them. Like, so, it shouldn't be hotly debated. It's yeah, most, of, most of the Bibles have taken it completely out. Right. It's so clear it doesn't belong. They've taken it out. Which, Very few <laughs> translations have put it in brackets, now you're, right? Now you're going to make me rabbit trail into another direction because I saw somebody talking about how, well, it's in my King James Bible, but it's not in the new Christian Standard Bible or the so that, NIV. So those Bibles are bad. You know, like, and, and somebody in the comments on this video was like, no, no, no. You have to look at what 
what manuscripts this was in. As we found more manuscripts, it's not in here. But it, I mean, I, these are the landmines we're talking right. about, right? And at the end of so the day, the Bible has to lead. The okay. Bible yeah. has to be the whole point. I, I love that because we do. We twist scripture. I've seen people twist scripture and say, you know, give God no rest till it gives you what you want. I heard a, a pastor preach on fasting and he gave the example of two guys who were starving because there was no food in the town. And I'm like, they weren't <laughs> fasting. They didn't choose to fast. Oh, that was the other question. <laughs> if oh. there was a Dairy Queen, they'd be there. Dude, we are so awful on a rabbit trail. But, but the point is, even when it comes to Calvinism right. or free will or whatever, we're using the Bible. The, so the other question was, well, what about a Daniel fast? And I'm like, well, nowhere does that call it a fast. Sure. Number two, he just didn't want to eat the food that was not his kosher or his sure. approved food. Right. So it wasn't like having some special fast. So it's funny. We like, we're going to do a Daniel fast, 21 days of a Daniel fast so that we can start our building church right. campaign. I'm like, no, he was being exactly. really faithful and saying, I, uh, I don't want to disobey God. And so it wasn't that much different than Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego not bowing down and being right. thrown in the fire. He said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to accept the consequences. Right. But the consequences in that case were that he was actually healthier. So it wasn't that that was some special fast. That right. was his his diet that wasn't the things he wasn't supposed to eat. And that's what needs to be at the heart of, of what, everything that we do is, is worship towards God, not, yeah. not worship towards ourselves or making ourselves an idol and getting what we want. So as we look at these, <laughs> back on track. <laughs> as we look at landmines in these things like justification or adoption, are, are there landmines in, in whether you've been adopted by Christ? Yeah. By uh, so here's the most obvious one. This is an easy one. Um, everybody thinks we're all children of God. Sure. But uh, John chapter one, what is it, like twelve and twelve and thirteen? Yeah. Like you, if you believe, if you accept Jesus, then you're given the right to become a child of God. There's an adoption piece there, and so when we say we're all we're all, everybody on the planet is a child of God. We're actually right. missing that there is this big adoption piece. And that's that's a really important thing to remember. So so even there, adoption is interesting. Um, if you were go, you know, to go outside of orthodoxy, uh, you know, to Mormonism, I don't even know how they have adoption since they all believe. I mean, if you believe everybody's a child of God, then you don't even have an adoption view. Right. So that's a problem because the Bible talks quite a bit about being adopted. And then what do you do about God's one and only beloved son? And complicated, right? It's very right. complicated. So adoption is, we get to be adopted into God's family because we were alienated out of God's family. By the way, we're not even the same right. species, right? Yes, we, we bear the image of God. However, we are not exactly like Jesus. We're adopted into the king's family. And I had somebody ask me about that this week because... Um, they were reading in Ephesians 2 where it says, you know, we, we're children of nature, children of wrath by nature. But then in Romans, I think he says something about how we are children of God. So the person was like, how can we be children of God and children of wrath? Right. <laughs> right. the fact of the matter is we are all kind of children of wrath. And, and some of us have been adopted by God. And brought into chosen, the king's family because we were outside yeah, the king's family. Absolutely. And then you said justification. There's all sorts of debate on how that works. I right. had some books. I was looking for them on my shelf here behind me. Uh, I can't, but there was like a debate between N.T. Wright oh, and yeah. uh, John Piper on justification. It's over on the shelf I can't reach. <laughs> oh, my oh, yeah, as we look around no, the I office here. No, I'm going to pull it. So, like, you talk about is landmines. So, what happened was... Um, can't remember who wrote oh yeah this one was written first so nt wright writes a book called justification and nt wright has some good stuff and he has some stuff that you might just practice some discernment you know and and be aware uh you should do that with anything including the person who debated him but so 2009 is a copyright and then uh john piper 
Uh, he has some good stuff, but right. you should read him and practice some discernment. I'll be fair to that, right? Sure. Uh, he wrote, so this is a giant book on justification. And then and then John Piper responded, and the book is called The Future of Justification, A Response to N.T. Sure. Wright. And then these guys debated this at an evangelical theological society meeting, but then Piper couldn't come and Grudem stepped in for him. But, I mean, it was like a, it was like the theme of the entire meeting. Right. Over how justification works. Which, so, is it legal? Is it this? Is it that? Is it different? Is it how does it work? Is it that Jesus steps in, in the courtroom? Is it that yeah. you're justified before that? It's like, yeah, there's landmines, man. Well, <laughs> there are landmines. I, I think that's where we keep coming back to this common thread of you need to let the Bible drive the bus and drive your theology because people will address this N.T. Wright book on justification where many people feel like he got the whole point of justification wrong and then throw out everything else he's ever written and i've heard right. he's written some really good he's stuff he's written some i have some he's written some very helpful stuff and so and that should be the case i mean we should think about that with everybody right. everybody has the capacity of getting sure. things wrong and getting things yeah. right which is why we trust the bible as our authority yeah right. as someone who believes in reformed theology i'll be surprised at how many arminians are in heaven one day right yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, that's why the Bible has to drive things. I mean, you can't just pick a camp or keep, pick your hero or pick your idol and say, oh, this guy. So let's talk about that, too. How much I mean, everything okay he writes is sacred. Kind of I don't even know time. what we're doing at this point. Um, yeah, we've derailed. I've derailed you. Landmines went off everywhere, and we just ran. <laughs> this is when yeah. the, the whole unscripted piece of Salty Blue were unscripted just really <laughs> so, wreaks havoc. So, so the, the tricky part is what we tend to do naturally is we look around and we figure out either who we identify with right. or who's in our denomination yeah. or who we think is cool or who we think sometimes it's just that person is not overweight and really articulate. Right. That doesn't mean they're right. Sure. Okay. Or whatever. We I mean we do this with politics too, but we look for our camp and then we then we agree with our camp right. so that we feel like we Blindly. fit in. Yeah, so that we yeah. feel like we fit in. Like, well, that can't must be good, therefore I just must agree. Right. It's a really eye-opening thing when you're reading. And I, I've had this happen even with, with Grudem. I've had this happen with when you're, when you're reading and you go, wait a second. Yeah. This person who I generally think is really solid got this wrong. Yeah. That's really hard to do, but we have to go, okay, this is what the Bible says. What about this? Right. What about that? And we instead of aligning ourselves with a position, we align ourselves with the Bible. And you have to be humble enough to be able to say, Maybe I've gotten it wrong in time. That's too. right. That's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. So I've had a dear, dear friend who just went with his camp. And so when it came to topics that he hadn't researched before, he'd go, well, what does my camp believe? And then just and run just with that. go for so. it. And then it gets all sideways. And, and sometimes they're just wrong. Yeah. So I, mean, I, I hear a lot of people go, man, I really think that, you know, let's, for example, the Presbyterians. I really like them. And I really like this. And well, I guess if, I guess if they're going to baptize babies, I guess I need to believe it's okay to baptize babies. Well, do you believe that's what the Bible says? Right. Well, I don't know. Okay, you're you're trying to conform yourself to that view. Yeah. I read a lot of Puritans, and man, there's some stuff that's like Richard Baxter. Sure. Really cool that he goes out and does all this visitation. A bunch of right. his other stuff, I'm like, I don't think so, dude. Right. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. So. you just, uh-uh. So we have to be okay with that. And that's part of what this whole landmines thing is, yeah. just knowing where they are and then starting to work through it. And that's why we're not even here to try to like speak to these issues or tell you what we believe or what the Bible says, because right. you've got to figure that out for yourself. you got to work it out. So. Just don't know where the mines are right. so that when the bomb goes off, you're aware of yeah, what's going on. You're not caught off guard. I mean, before you had told me about those two books years ago, I didn't know justification was such a hot topic. <laughs> right. No, I, think there's no, I can't think of anything in the Bible that doesn't have somebody that disagrees with sure. something somewhere. Yeah. 
Um, that's not to say, so what a lot of people do is go, oh, well, that's why we shouldn't trust the Bible. Yeah. Well, that's the case with almost everything. Right. People have varying understandings of things. And so what we want to do is do our own homework yeah. and do the work and really see where that conviction is and trust the Holy Spirit in the teaching and get with other believers yeah. and, and spend the time getting it right. Right. I, I don't even know what we started. What, have we covered our topic or not? Or We've talked about a lot of landmines. We were going to talk about justification, adoption, sanctification, and perseverance. Okay, so we covered that. And then all this stuff you started with, like, what does it take to be a Christian? Yeah. yeah. I think, okay, we should probably hit that. Because I, here's the question. I, I want to ask you a question. You ask me some questions, I'm going to ask you a question. And I'm going to put you on the spot. Yeah. What is the bare minimum... It takes for somebody to be saved. This is a, deb- I mean, this is a landmine issue. Absolutely. Is no. it a prayer? Is it baptism? Is it, uh, what's the, what's the, in your opinion, what yeah. do you think the bare minimum is that Scripture says it takes to be saved? So, according to Scripture, you got to repent and believe. All right. So, and you see that like in, what about where it says and be baptized? Repent and right. be baptized. Yeah. What do you do with that? Well, if you can be baptized, be baptized, you know? <laughs> so, I mean, we're not going to get in the landmines of baptism today. But, that's but I remember being issue, raised right? on, like, you have to say a certain prayer. And, yep. and you and I even had conversations with a man recently who wanted to follow Christ and said, hey, is there a special prayer i got to say? What do I do? How do, how do I check this box? Give me the right words, <laughs> you know? right? And so... But Thief on the Cross is a good example yeah. of... Uh, I wasn't a water Lord, baptism, but you, he was baptized. Yeah, he was baptized. But I mean, like, <laughs> Lord, when you're in your kingdom, will you remember me? That guy didn't have, yeah. or and other people, you know, then the question, so what happens is you have faith, and then I think what you have is a continual life of right. showing and demonstrating that faith as you grow. Right. But you're not losing the faith. So I was talking to a young man. He started coming to church where I preach, and um, he was trying to make sense of some things. He's like, okay, so what about baptism? Mm-hmm. You know, do you need baptism to be saved? And I think the answer was, well, you're saved based on believing that, so right. Romans, uh, Romans 10, like believe that Jesus was raised from the dead yeah. and call him Lord. Okay, yeah. that's the repent piece, the believe piece. That's right. those two pieces. Okay, yeah. repenting or conversion means to change your mind. Repent means to change direction. So you like, so you do that. Okay, and then he says, well, well, wait a minute, but what about, what about baptism? So then my answer was like, well, what about prayer? Yeah. What about feeding widows and orphans? What about um, giving? What about serving? What about gathering with the saints? All of those other things are things that shape us, grow us. Sure. Continue to show us that we love the Lord, but it doesn't mean that we're not um, saved. So, like, let's right. take a marriage, for example. Sure. I'm married to my wife, right. and then when I come later down the road, you know, five weeks later and give her flowers because it's a nice thing to do, uh, that doesn't mean that's now that I'm married or I had right. to do that. If I don't give her flowers, it doesn't mean that I'm not married. Right. If I don't go on dates, it doesn't mean that I'm not married. My marriage would go a lot better right. if I just followed all those but, things, but that doesn't mean I'm not married. But the notes you leave for your wife, the flowers you buy her, the meals you, you take her to are all confessions of your love for her. Right. Which is what the baptism is, because that's a profession of your faith and a confession of, I do believe this person is Lord. Yes. So that's where all that other stuff comes in. So. But that's not the that's not the salvation act. So right. the, and that people really struggle with this. Do you have to understand the Trinity to be saved? Yeah. Uh, who really understands the Trinity? Do you have to? I don't think the thief on the cross did. No, right? And that's the point. Like, well, do you have to have the exact right confession? And do you have to have this? So repentance, belief is the minimum. But then you see it play out kind of in the perseverance of the saints and the sanctity. Yeah. You see if that confession really was true. You see if I'm truly loving my wife and, and if I keep my vows that I made to her at my wedding. Yeah. Or if I just 
Right. You know, married her so she could become a U.S. Right. citizen or something, right? Just like, like the person who says, yeah, I believe Jesus is the Lord, and then goes off and, you know, does drugs and gets high and, you know, completely falls cheats away. Cheats on his taxes, right? kills somebody, drugs, yeah. yeah, or whatever. So, so you go, well, did they, it, those, that kind of makes you think maybe they weren't actually saved, sure. but the salvific act, right. repent and believe. Yeah. Chain, don't go with your way, go with God's way. There's not even a prayer involved in that. I mean, that's <laughs> right. crazy. Now, a prayer could be a way of... I mean, should you pray? Sure. Do you have to pray? No. Right. And th and that's where we have to really just, once again, let the Bible be our guiding principles because we can't tell for sure if somebody's been saved or not. Right. You know, we can be a fruit inspector. I had somebody tell me this week that a preacher told them, I can look at somebody and I can tell you whether they're saved or not. And I what? thought, well, how does he do that? Well, he must be <laughs> you know? God because good grief. Right. So. Wow. All these landmines, I think we get caught up in being right or, you know, proclaiming our camp and you have to aside uh, with us. And really, at the end of the day, all that matters is that Christ is Lord. Yep. And the rest of this is secondary. And it's not that these things are unimportant. No. But they matter less than that. Correct. Right? Like, yeah. that, like that's just, okay, these are the things. Uh, there's probably a million it's, more landmines we didn't touch on, but I think we're out of time. We are. So Okay, I, I saw you look at your watch when no, we're done. <laughs> but, so I, that was a whole big mess. I, hopefully it was helpful. But at it was the a end, crazy <laughs> bag of landmines. At the end of the day, let the Bible guide your principles. It's more important to remember that God created the universe than to think about whether it was seven literal days or just a figment of time. Uh, if you have some questions or thoughts on justification, adoption, sanctification, or perseverance, uh, shoot Ooh. us a text or an email, saltybeliever at gmail.com. And you can go to the website, saltybeliever.com. There's yep. a form there you can fill out, or there's more information. We're posting stuff there, lots of resources. Or send a carrier pigeon. Until next time. Thank you for listening. Find more information at saltybeliever.com.